Welcome back, Sister Symphony. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited. I know you have a story to tell us. The last time you were here was about a year ago. Yes. Uh, so it's a lot has happened in the last year. Mm, yes, it's a full year of adventures. So I cannot wait to share with you all. Now you have just recently said your final vows. Yes, it's my in January first was my perpetual vows of profession. So. That's what they call it. Officially, it's called the professional. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Perpetual per professional vows. That's a tongue twister. Yes. Perpetual per profession of vows. Yes. Perpetual profession of. <laughs> I'm trying to do it faster. I can't do it. Perpetual profession of vows. Yes. That's yes. fantastic. So, mm -hmm. how many vows do you take before you do the? Perpetual. So every profession. year we have to renew our vows, okay. my vows. So the vows always three vows: chastity, poverty, and obedience. Uh huh. But before January the first, it's always valid for a year. Okay. So after a year, you renew it again for another year. But last one on January first, that was my. Final one, the last one that I need to make the vows, uh -huh. and it's valid for life. Wow! So that's it. That's it. So you could have turned back before if you decided not to continue. That's correct. If you uh, decide not to continue the religious life, uh -huh. after a year, the when the vows are not valid anymore, you can leave the congregation and move on to your in your life, but. After this um, perpetual vow, that you belong completely to the congregation. Wow, yes. it was exciting. It was beautiful. Yes, we saw it on the live stream, and you know, if if you could look back at it as well. Yes, yes. on the live stream, and it's on the the YouTube channel. It is of, in the uh, in the CCVI Houston YouTube channel. So if you want to go back and see what happening and never attending. The final vows um, celebration and mass, you can search. On I YouTube. was very interested because I, I, <laughs> I've never seen one, mm -hmm. and um, so it, of course because of COVID and restrictions, there was a limited number of people there, huh? There's only f um, families and very close friend uh -huh. was invited, but um, a lot of people didn't uh, were not able to come because of the COVID situation. Travel restrictions and that's all of that. Right. Okay. And the cancellation and everything. So. Oh, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of flight cancellations right. recently. So yeah. who was able to come for you, your, your relatives? So I have one aunt from Georgia for my mom family. Okay. And another aunt and a cousin from my dad's family from New York City. And... Your two sisters. My two sisters and their husbands and my little nephew. and Let me see. Melody and Harmony, right? <laughs> you have a good memory. <laughs> well, it's easy to remember. <laughs> They're awesome names. Yes. Thank you. And uh, one of my co-workers and some couple of friends. Yes. That's awesome. And also, yes, I cannot forget um, this family. This is my godmother's family. Oh, yes, yes. And she was able to attend. And her daughter and her husband. So that's fantastic. <laughs> and the whole thing was live streamed, and I didn't even realize that Father Dad was going to be there. Oh yes, he's the homilist. He was the homilist of the mass, and yes, I couldn't be happier for him to be there because uh, he knows 
both Sister Kim Swan, the one who made the final vows with me, yes, and myself. So he was able to connect everything together and talk to Sister Kim's family and talk to my families and the congregation. So it was perfect for him to be there. So you took your final vows, mm-hmm. and there were annual vows before that. Mm-hmm. So how many annual vows do you take? Is there a set number? After your first vows, you can renew your vows from five to nine times. And uh, before that, you will get to evaluate yourself. Okay. And then you will turn that into your formator and your leadership. They will review. And also, you write a letter to ask for permission to renew the vows. Oh, wow. Okay. Then the leadership will approve whether it's or not that you're ready or you're not fit anymore for the religious life. Oh, so there's a time when there are instances when the leadership will say, no, this isn't right for you. That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. so there is still that way. You can, uh, uh, does it happen often? Yes, it's often. Um, either you didn't want to request for renewal okay. of vows, or the leadership can say, oh, I think you've like, be more road or maybe it's better for you to okay. be outside and discern again mm-hmm. maybe it's a religious life it's not the best for you okay so they can tell you that and then you can move on with your or life. maybe they say you know maybe you need more experience outside and That's come correct. back mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. there's a lot of reasons okay it's and a it's case good. to case yes. yeah uh-huh. that's kind of like a the, the, like in The Sound of Music, when she met somebody, she could do, right? Something like that, right? That's correct, yes, Okay, yes. so yeah, I've been connecting it with what little knowledge I know about, right. <laughs> about all, sisters. All vocations are good. So just to know which ones is the best for you and God's plans for you, so that's the thing. So going back to your, um, your final vows, mm-hmm. you got choked up during one point <laughs> and I got choked up too watching you that what was can you tell us how you were feeling that day so until today the the mass and the profession was like just yesterday for me uh-huh. and the grace and the beauty the beauty of everything just overwhelmed me and at that particular moment so I was so overwhelmed with joy and happiness and um, grace during that time. But whenever that I have to talk about how grateful I, I am uh-huh. or talk about families, that got me crying. And at that particular moment, I talked uh, to um, was my heart thanking the family of Sister Kim Swan and my, my family uh-huh. in Vietnamese. And at that part, when I just started, oh, I am so thankful for your support, uh, talking to my family. Uh-huh. And even though you were not here, and but I know that you are with me always. Uh-huh. And oh, I wish I could say that way at that point but just like half of the sentence i was choked up, <laughs> choked up. <laughs> and i was about to cry oh lot, gosh yes i mean i'm tearing up right now just <laughs> thinking about it because what i was watching i was like oh no she's choking up it's like oh my god my wife and i were watching the live stream and yeah fantastic Thank so you. is that is that the most memorable part of the day for you what is the most 
Now everything was so memorable. That part is just only one small part of it. But the part is I signed my the paper uh-huh. for uh, like uh, I made my promise, like perpetual promise. This is it's official. <laughs> yes, I li- I turned all my life to God in uh-huh. the congregation. And the moment I set my vows to the congregational leader, the superior, and the moment that the superior put the rings on my hand, and the moment that I knelt down and listened to the litany of the saints, and the moment of the bishop pray over us. So oh. every little single moment was beautiful and special for me. What did your family say? The uh, you know your family in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Was watching it. Were you able to talk to them afterwards? I call. Actually, I called my parents right before the mass, and I had a good cry before that. Already, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were gathering in my um, grandma's house with uncles and aunts, and was waiting for the mass to begin. Uh-huh. Began uh, to begin, and. It was almost 11.30 p.m. there. Oh, wow. And how long was the whole the, the, the whole thing? The whole mass is like close to two hours. Oh, so they well, went well past <laughs> midnight. But they didn't seem to be tired or care at all. All they wanted the to, to participate virtually of course, of for course. me and support me totally. And my dad... My dad, <laughs> the old like last time I didn't know if I shared that the second time that I saw him cry was the day that I left the country. Okay. But this time he was so freely to tell me on the phone FaceTime. Uh-huh. He said, "Oh, we prayed before um, this gathering, so we pray God and say a lot of ro- a rosary and prayers." And I can pray it fine, but when I prayed for you, I couldn't say anything, and I started crying. Oh. And he shared that with everyone in the table and with me right there, and I felt so special because he was able to express his emotions and yes. feelings now, and I appreciate that a lot. Especially with people from the older generation, that's they right. don't like to show. Uh-huh. Men don't like to show that they. They cry. No, and he never mentioned about that in words even. Wow. And this made me uh, so emotional at oh that time. Oh my gosh. You're, you're getting to me right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, oh yes. as, as a father of a daughter, mm-hmm. you're getting to me. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yes, what yes. did your mom say? My mom usually during that kind of moment, uh-huh. she couldn't say too much because she's very emotional. Of course. But I I believe both of them very happy for me and they, they couldn't help not to be there, but they, they support me totally, yes. Okay, so last time we spoke about um, your ex-boyfriend. Did he <laughs> contact you? Did he say congratulations or anything of the sort? No, no, no. no? We didn't know all about this. Oh, he so. didn't hear through any... Uh, any common friends or anything? Maybe the social media, but uh-huh. I heard nothing about it. So maybe, I oh. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's keeping his distance now. Now that you had your... Yes. And, uh, he's married now too, right? He has, yes. He has two children. And uh, I think we kind of know 
minimal of our light at this moment. So that's good. We okay. move on with yes, each other's course. life. Yes. And I, I was just joking too. No, no, no. I, I understand. Joke with, I joked with Father David Michael about his ex-girlfriend too. <laughs> Because yes. that's it's a very interesting aspect, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things. Yes. Now, we did say that you have had quite an adventure over the last year. Not just your your final vows, mm-hmm. your perpetual profession, of right? Vows. Of vows. Okay. Not just that, but also you've been around the world. Yeah. Pretty much. You uh-huh. you did say you were going to take some trips. So where where did you go? So right after our interview mm-hmm. last year in January, so I traveled to Colorado Springs from uh, February to May. Okay. And then after that, I what went. What were you doing there? Oh, okay. So I had a program called sabbatical renewal program. Okay. So over there, we can learn. A, a lot about myself. Okay. So development about mental health, sp- uh, spiritual health, and physical health. So if we make a goal to ourselves, how many things that we need to com- uh, accomplish, and learn about my breaks, my psychology and enneagram, the type of the personality. Okay. And spirituality. Also, the program have the kind of mis- midlife crisis. <laughs> Part okay. of it, but I said, "Oh, I'm not there yet, but I can put it in my my knowledge." So yes. whenever I go through it, so I have something to to learn from. It's interesting. So you did a lot of self reflection. Is that required um, before you take your final vows? So the the whole year last year, kind of the preparation. Okay. For final vows, perpetual vows, should I say? Um, because there. Last year, the year before, that my last um, month for my ministry, last year for my ministry, uh-huh. so the sister told me, okay, so the next year, you will prepare for your perpetual vows. So I um, anticipated what I should do. Uh-huh. So the first thing that to went to go to Colorado Springs for that program for three months. But did they require it, or is that just you yourself? That's a requirement. It's a requirement. It's okay. just for good for um, the person. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because you can be so busy with life, busy with ministry and community and everything, the studies, and then you don't have much time to reflect. Even though you can do it in prayers, uh-huh. but for the professional world. You can reflect more and learn more how you think, how you feel, and how you deal with different kinds of things and deal with other people as well. So that's a program is good for, I can say, personal, professional personal developments. How long were you there again? Three months. Three months. Wow, that's a lot of reflection. Yes. Uh And then after that, where did you go? I went to Kenya for seven weeks. Seven weeks? Yes. What did you do there? I went there to, to first for experience of the country where our sisters are. Uh-huh. So we have the mission there. So, but I was so fortunate to be able to teach at the one of the school that we minister to. Okay. You taught music? I taught music. They, and also PE. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'm not so good at PE, but I'm... 
I incorporate PE and music into one. Okay. So we most of the time we was out in uh, the field, up in the field. Uh huh. So we play musical game and singing and running and do all kinds of activities with music. So I can do both at one time. Oh yeah. Yes, and then we, I had a lot of fun. We I. The school have around 600 students. Oh, that's a pretty big school. It's beautiful. Yes, and they in all uniform. Uh-huh. And the mom, the things I loved the most was the morning assembly. And we used to see all the uniform kids, and from little one to eighth grade, they from uh, first so, first to eight. First to eighth grade. Right. Okay. So, and then they gathered together and they sang. Uh, they say the prayer. They sang in the national anthem and do, and then all the the teacher talk to them and correct them if needed, and show them what to do better. Uh-huh. And the student led the prayers and led the singing. Oh, so they lead the prayers too. Yes, that's awesome. Uh-huh. So I had a very good experience there. One thing that it the, impressed me the most that. There was no microphone. Oh wow! At and all, everybody could hear. You, oh, because they were all quiet. You could hear so oh. clearly. So they were so behaved yes. and so quiet that even yes. without a microphone, and how many hundred people? Six hundred students. students uh-huh. And they, everybody could hear. Yes, they stood <sighs> still and they pay, paid full attention to the teacher. And even though six years old, the first graders, uh-huh. they did the same. The first day of the uh, the first day of school, the assembly is like close to half an hour. I was a little weakly because it was long, <laughs> but the students they stood there and listened and pay still still very attentive to uh-huh. the speaker. I was for the so entire impressed. time, half mm-hmm. an hour. Wow, wow. Yes, you can't do that here in the United States. <laughs> I said that. Oh, in the use in the states, we have to have a microphone and we have to shout a microphone. <laughs> and so, you still have to remind the kids to pay attention. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How many of you were there? Were so, you with other sisters? No, that's our sisters from Kenya. Uh-huh. They are there. Okay. But myself from the state is only me. Okay. Mm-hmm. That must have been very interesting. Huh? It's beautiful. I had so many experiences there. Mm, so I went up to the bus with the school bus with them, uh-huh. and they call, there's some transportation called robot that I have not be able to been in there yet because of the COVID. Okay. Um, they literally they scoots, they squeeze in everyone in that van, the small van. Okay. So one small van they can take up to 20 kids. Okay. So there's no seats in there. Everyone, <laughs> I don't know how. They all stand up in the van? They squeeze in like they sardines? Squeeze in. They, they sat down uh-huh. and then kind of squeeze in everything, everyone. Oh, boy. There. And the moment the, the van opened, uh-huh. you would keep seeing people coming out. Oh, and it's like out. clowns coming out of a clown car. Just <laughs> yes. so many people. Uh-huh. And so, oh, my God. That's you can see that they're comfortable with it, but in the state, you will say, "Oh, 
oh, is it safe for everyone to be in yes. there? And I was thinking about that seat belts and all <laughs> of that. That's right? correct. So that's I cannot say anything because that's how they they do it over yes. there, and we just need to accept it. For, yes. for me, in under through my eyes, I oh, need to so accept you were, it. You were worried mm-hmm. for their safety, but then you, since it was okay with them, you just yes. kind of had to let go. Of yeah, have to let go, and I just pray that everyone's be safe and things like that. What is the most memorable experience that you had there? For me, there's I like I taught the music, and the sixth grader, the um, teenager. But teenagers there, they very behave as well. Sorry <laughs> to say that much more. And uh, I taught them music and I taught them the song Prince of Peace. Okay. You are holy. Yes, holy. yes. And uh, they were so excited. We had no um, speakers or anything. So just no keyboard. So we, I sang and then they repeated. Okay. And they did both parts. They did both part. Wow. At first, I did it my part, and then they repeated. Uh-huh. But later on, they did it themselves. And then one day, that this one of the sister took me to another construction site to uh, see the the new high school, the same for our congregation. Uh-huh. And then we took a little longer than expected, so I came back late, and. Uh, when I went there, t- close to the door, and I, s- I heard the singing because I said, oh my goodness, I didn't go there and they didn't know what to do and things like that. And I heard singing, singing, all kinds of uh, instruments, uh, clapping and uh, strumming there. Uh-huh. And I was just recording when I walking toward the, the door. When I opened it, they were singing and they used their... Mm, pencils, rulers, and uh, oh, just pencils, case, and all <laughs> kinds of uh, things that they can bang on the the, the table. Uh-huh. And they they sang the song truthfully without worrying that I wasn't there. Uh-huh. And I was so impressed. Wow. With their musicality their musicalities okay so they they just used whatever they could find to make percussion instruments and even without you yes helping them they already were able to catch on Mm -hmm. then they enjoyed it so much wow they didn't talk or among themselves or make silly things but they decided to sing the song and to wait for me so i was so impressed and uh Everything there was so beautiful for me. The one more thing is was the last day when I was there with them, and the fifth graders they following me like from place to place. Uh-huh. Over there, the structure kind of loose. So okay, it's like open air <laughs> and yes, okay. So whenever wherever I walked, they will walk with me, and they will say, "Oh, how thankful they were!" and Oh, I, they wish I'm coming back to them, uh-huh. and they gave me letters and notes and all kinds different little gifts, handmade gifts and bracelets. Uh-huh. And I was so thankful, even though it's only seven weeks, six weeks teaching. But one of the notes really affirm or confirm 
for me, what I'm was I was doing uh-huh. was I did make a difference, even with the little things. But the 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 word uh, the letters told me that I was so down and depressed at one time. But the song you taught me helped me to be brighten up. Oh! And I I sang the song every day, and I felt so much more happy, uh, like happier than before. So I read that one and I cried. And the I cried. the little kid wrote you that letter, and, and oh, I I would cry too. <laughs> oh gosh, it's so beautiful. Even that much of the little different that will make me continue with what I'm doing and uh-huh. confirm that. Okay, so I'm doing a good job. So, so why only only several weeks? You couldn't uh, stay longer, or because, it's a real set amount of time. Because the um, the amount of time is only one year. Okay. So I had other things to do. Uh huh. I was asked to stay in Kenya about three months, but it didn't happen because I started late. Okay. And I had to go back for my 3 0 day retreat in California. Okay, so yes. it just didn't fall. That's why. That's right. You were only there for several weeks. Mm-hmm. Were you like a celebrity there? Because the kids following you around, and because you're a novelty, you're, <laughs> you know you're. you're You're probably the only Vietnamese person in hundreds of miles. So they call me me Mungzungu. What does that mean? So that's the kind of the white people. Okay. White skin. Okay. With them, my skin is already white. Okay. So Mungzungu is only for Western. Okay. But they call me already that, and the the students, even the, the little one or the big one, they would hold my hand. Oh, because they've never seen skin so so white. <laughs> they they have seen, but not too many times or not up close. Up close, yeah. And yeah. It, when they saw my veins, uh-huh. no, no, the hands, they were so surprised. They're like, you can see that, <laughs> and the redness. So I, if I sat on the floor, then my my feet or my. Anything have some redness on it? Uh-huh. They can see the redness. So yes. That, oh, your skin changed color. <laughs> and at that time, I had my long hair, and so they just like, can I touch your hair? Oh yes, can because I touch your hair? you can put your fingers through your hair. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. When I was a kid, my <laughs> one of my best friends was black, and he would like put your hands through your hair. I was like, Show me that. That's so cool. I was like, I think your hair is cool, <laughs> <Yeah> . right? <laughs> It's just funny what you don't have. That's true. It, mm-hmm. You find so fascinating. Yes. So they they just keep touching my hair, and they said, uh, "Gentle, gentle, nice," because everyone wants the piece of your hair and try to touch it oh, and so try to hold your hair and things like that. Do you have to tell them get in line if you want to touch my hair? <laughs> But <laughs> Take I, a number. I wouldn't mind if there's no pandemic. Even oh yeah! Because of the pandemic, of it's much harder. Yes. Yeah, especially in a country with it, probably they don't have the best healthcare facilities too. So you want to really be careful. Then have to take care of them too. Yeah. And the school, they all mask up, so that's good in one way. Uh-huh. But the, the touching part, we try not to do that much. Oh, I'm sure there's a, a urge there from a lot of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so after Kenya, where did you go? So I went to California. Okay. Oh yes, that's right. The, uh-huh. the retreat for my 30 days retreat. Okay. So that's the most graceful time for me, for my spiritual life since I started, um, religious life. 
So that's kind of summarized everything that I have been through. I had time to process all of the good times, bad times, uh, and graces. And on that time, the particular 30 days, you only pay attention between myself and God, uh-huh. nothing else, and completely silent. Just concentrate yes. on yourself and God. Mm-hmm. And the life of Jesus. Very intense. Really intense. You would say, oh, 30 day retreat, what do you do there? But you said, <laughs> oh my God, I was emotional exhausted. Really? Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yes. There are some weekend retreats that you come out of exhausted emotionally. You were there for 30 days. Yes, it was. And I lost a lot of sleep too. Because you pray a lot during the day, uh-huh. five, four to five times a day. Uh-huh. About 45, you have an hour, maximum one hour recommended. Um, and then there's a lot of thoughts, prayers that didn't finish. During that day, so at nighttime, unconsciously, you just keep going, keep thinking, (laughs) and it's just like it's running through your head while you're trying to fall asleep. (laughs) I never had that difficulty falling asleep before, but thirty days retreat, I didn't sleep well for those days. That's a lot of self-reflection you've done over the past year. That it was, you know, the the time in Colorado, and then. I'm sure, Cal- and then in California, and then yes. even in between when you were in, in Kenya, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking about all these experiences, processing everything. That's right. Wow, very intense. Mm-hmm. So uh, you were there in California for 30 days. Then where did you go? So I went to Guatemala. Guatemala. Guatemala, yes, for how many weeks? Almost four weeks. So I had a lot of uh, new experience in the Hispanic culture, and I had zero to none. I mean, a little poquito Spanish. Spanish. Okay. In <laughs> Kenya, did you have to learn the language? Or everybody spoke English. So everyone spoke English. Okay. But for the little kids, some of them speak their own uh, language. Okay. Or Kiswahili is a national uh, language for okay. Kenyan. But then in uh, Guatemala. In Guatemala, it was all Spanish. All Spanish. And did you know any Spanish before going there? I. So honestly, I could understand some. Okay. And kind of uh, heard here the words here and there and matched them together and tried to understand the, the context. But I couldn't say much. Like, couldn't speak. Mm, okay. So your understanding was a little more than your. Verbalizing. Yeah, so Google was my friend. <laughs> Google <over there>. Translate. <laughs> so were you teaching there? Or No, I didn't teach because the time limit and also okay. the language. Okay. So that I didn't uh, teach. What did you do there? there? So I went from different communities where our sisters are. Okay. So I we have four communities in different area of the country. So I one of the sisters was my companion. She, she took me from the Guatemala City to Huehuetenango, which was our first place in 1963 that was served there. We were okay. there. We have the El Amparo facility there. They, 
we serving and ministering for abandoned elders, elderly oh, wow. people. Those without families, whose children have uh, either children, passed or... Yeah, that's right. Okay, wow. And uh, we went to Bachali, where we have a retreat house. Uh-huh. So beautiful. I have seen the picture of our facilities there in the country. Mm-hmm. But only when I went there and saw it with my eyes, I was so surprised how beautiful and how well it was constructed uh-huh. and how well the sisters took care, taken care of it. What is the name of the place? Pachali. So that's the name of the city. Okay. In the congregation, we have the retreat place. They, oh, I hope I can say it correctly. Verbo Encarnado. So in, the incarnate word okay. in Spanish. So that's a retreat house there. We and have, there are pictures online, and you saw them, and um, you're comparing it to your... On the congregation, we have congregation. some, some okay. pictures, but it's never the whole thing. Mm. We have 50 rooms there, and each room has all the cell-content room. Okay. And I was so impressed. The chapel is so beautiful as well, and you can they have the wood uh, walkway, the rail. You can walk around for reflection and things like that. Very so, nice. It's beautiful. So were you sent there, or is that something you went on your own, you decided to? Mm, the Guatemala? Yes. Mm, I was sent there. Okay. But I w- was asked to go as well, because before your international year, the sisters asked, where would you like to go? It doesn't mean that you will get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they will ask you, where would you like to go? So Guatemala is my first choice. Okay. And then Kenya and then Ireland. But I got to go to Kenya first uh-huh. and then I went to Guatemala. And the um, that, Ireland? Ireland maybe in the future. Okay. I didn't get to go this time. It's hard for the vi- to get the visa. Oh, okay. There. So how, how does this work financially? This, who, who covers the, the costs of your travel? Is so it, this because I'm going because of the congregation uh-huh. sent me. So sh- they will cover all the costs. I'm so the very congregation blessed. covers the costs of yes. that. And, mm-hmm. okay, and a lot of that, I'm sure, comes from donations and all of that. Yes. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. What do you remember the most about your time in Guatemala? The devotions of the people to the faith. And the sisters or the the, the lay people so both, or both? Both. For me, both, I have to go back to the Kenya and Guatemala for the sister first, okay? So I believe they have done their best in each country to carry on the charism of our congregation. Even though I couldn't speak Spanish that much, mm-hmm. but I can feel the faithfulness of our sisters there. And they really try their best to improve and to help and to sort best to the people. And with all, whenever I visited the facilities, I would say, oh, how much sweat and tears and hardship they have to go through. Oh, to build it. To, 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 to keep the oh, ministry, to maintain, uh, to maintain oh, the ministry. Yeah. Because when they first came, there was nothing. And now 
everything so beautiful in front of my eyes, I couldn't be more thankful. And then the people, they have such a devotion for the faith. I went to um, Esquibulas. So where's the Crystal Negro was? So that's um, it's Black Christ, what we call here. It's okay. a shrine. So people will, thousands of people from different countries and in the, within the country go there to visit the shrine. And just to make a long lie and then just have a glimpse of it and then went back out again. But they was willing to wait for hours or half a day or even a day. Just to get close. Just to get what close. is this called? Uh, Cristo Negro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Black Christ. So they're all just wait- patiently waiting in line for hours just to come up. Mm, that's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then we attended Mass there. And everything was so mm, graceful that I can see, I can feel. Like I said, I didn't understand much, uh-huh. but all the feelings speak the truth. You can feel it in the air. Yes, and the, everything. The, yeah, you can tell mm-hmm. by people's faces, mm-hmm. the whole mood. With the plaque rise, I have a little funny uh, story about it, just for me. So uh-huh. I went to Kenya first. What Before that, one of the sisters uh, gave our family, my sisters have it now. The Black Christ cross. Okay. So I will, I love the Black Christ, and I would love for one for myself. I said, okay. So I went went to Kenya. I wanted to look for the Black Christ. Okay. And I asked this sister, other sister, whenever that what church we went, we would ask the bookstore if they have the Black Christ, uh-huh. and they were so patient. Um, the sister took me here and there to find the look for the black Christ. Oh, so you had to go to several places. Mm-hmm. And then we couldn't find any. Okay. And then when I went to that shrine in Esquivolas, and I realized the black Christ that I uh, was given, that my family was given, was not from Kenya or even Africa. It's from Guatemala. <laughs> it's just like the stereotype that you say, oh, black cry should come, come from, from a black Af- country, but it's not. It's <laughs> no. actually, the, well, actually, we, we have that in the Philippines as well. Really? Yes. Okay, it's beautiful. So I said, oh, I have to do more research before I do that to people. <laughs> so you went all around Kenya looking for it and you couldn't find it, and it turns yeah. out it's in Guatemala. Everywhere we went for church. <laughs> oh, you could easily find one that you could. You could get, oh, that's mm-hmm. that's funny. That's true. So, And then how long did you say you were there in uh, uh, Guatemala? Almost four weeks. Four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a very short time. And then what months were this? September. Okay. To close to the end of October. And is that when you came back to Houston? Yes. Yes. Is that right? <laughs> So you've done so much I over the past done, year. I not remember. It, so we, we went to Colorado, you went to Kenya, you went to California, and then you're bouncing between three continents. <laughs> <laughs> and then South America and Guatemala, and then finally back to Houston? To Houston, yes, yes. No, I was wrong. The Guatemala is during... October and November. Okay. So that's the And then you timeline. came back right in time to make preparations for your 
perpetual profession of vows. I hope <laughs> I got, got that right you this got time. It. Did I get it? Okay. Yes. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> I'm telling you, tonight I'm going to be walking around my house and I'll be perpetual profession of vows. I'll yes, be doing that for the next sister. <laughs> next, uh, yes, yes, our next guest, or uh-huh. or at least maybe even before I MC an event, I'll do that to just exercise my mouth. <laughs> Perpetual profession of vows. That's right. Yes. So when you came back, did you get nervous leading up to to the event? So during my time in Guatemala, I was preparing for even the perpetual vows. They're online, like. Contacting people, uh-huh. and, uh, communicating oh, of course, yeah. through Making email. arrangements, yes. I was a little stressed out at that time because it, you're far away. Uh-huh. And then when I, I, I even had to change my flight back a week earlier. Part of it because of the pandemic situation. I said, what if I went there and I, I stuck in... Guatemala and not be able to come back oh, yes. in time or what if the US require for a quarantine, quarantine yes. and then I would like not make countries. for my my final vows. So you had to time it properly mm-hmm. just in case you had to do like a 15, 14, 15 That's day right. quarantine. That's right. Wow. So I moved back about a week earlier than I was planning. And when I went back, so... I was so nervous and kind of excited and nervous at the same time. So I went to uh, about a couple of sisters, asked them. He said, okay, if I feel in the same, uh, like this, i really, really excited about my perpetual vows. Uh-huh. But for some reason, I kind of afraid of it. Not afraid, but nervous about it. You're getting it. butterflies. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the moment, <laughs> the moment that I was kind of, anxious the most when I was praying and thinking or imagining of the moment that the ring was put on my finger. Uh-huh. It's got me chilled because it's like, oh, really, it's going to happen very soon. So so, the, so there is a ring. It is a so ring. So that's the ring you're wearing right yes, now. Yes, it is. Okay. So that's a symbol for the promise. Okay. Is there an inscription on the ring? No, it should be the... Like a wedding, wedding band, band. type. Yes, okay, uh-huh. wow. And who chose the ring? Does it come from? So before the I went to Guatemala, the sister, the sister in charge of the rings and implants, mm-hmm. called me into her office, and he she put two boxes of okay. rings, which belong to all the the sisters. Passed. Oh, so that's not a new ring that belonged no. to another sister. Wow. So this ring is thank thankfully it's fit my hands. Uh-huh. And it's the engraved inside is Sister Chusita. Uh the se- uh, September 8, 1935. Wow. <laughs> so at first I didn't know who was Sister Chusita because uh-huh. I never met her before. Yes. And I think a couple of weeks ago. When I prayed, we prayed in the morning prayer, and we prayed for the death of the sister Josita in 2007. I said, "That's it. That's the sister that I have her ring." Wow. So I believe she's praying for me. So, so you can eventually pass that ring on to another sister. So basically, 
with the vow poverty, not things belong to you. Yes. And only one thing that will go with you, with me when I die, uh-huh. that the vow formula that I signed up in the, the altar. Okay, yes. So I signed and date, and when I die, so it will be rolled up, uh-huh. put between my hands, and that's the only thing that I carry with me. Of, of everything, so leave no it jewelry, back. nothing mm-hmm. like that. Wow. Yes. And that that ring, do you ever think about who might end up with the ring after you? No. Um. You can, you can like write it up. But if um, any sisters who make vows after me, uh-huh. and I said, oh, okay, so if it fits you, could you do you want to continue to wear this one? So this up to the sister. But usually we will put it back to the box. Wow, <laughs> that is cool how it has history. Yes, yes. So now after you you made your perpetual profession of vows, it's mm-hmm. coming out faster <laughs> now. <laughs> I just wanted to brag about that. <laughs> after that, what's your plan now? What's in store for you for the future? So um, I will have my new ministry. Okay, which is? Which is a pastoral minister for special youth services of this diocese, archdiocese. Pastoral minister for for special youth services. Special youth services. Where? And, sorry. And these are are these underprivileged children? So the this ministry will do the. Preparation for sacramental okay. preparation and uh, celebration for the youth at risk. Uh, oh, at risk and kids. or the juveniles. Oh, youth. The, okay, the mm-hmm. ones in like juvenile detention, probation, profa- detention. Yes. Oh wow, mm-hmm. wow, that's that's something else. Who does? <laughs> were you were you scared when you when you were told that you were going to do that work with the juvenile detention kids? Because you're not a big person; you're a little person. <laughs> so actually, I. Requested to oh, do wow. it. Yes, that's the, awesome. The reason is when last year, when I did my uh, finished my theology degree, so I did my thesis about the paper about Gen Z, the G- Generation Z. Okay. So, in the last chapter of my um, my paper, I did the pastoral care. So I said, uh, I don't know what. Came to me at that time that I pay so pay a lot of attention to the young people. Uh-huh. I thought at that time it because I taught young people, so I saw they're struggling with life. Uh-huh. So I would love to get closer to them. So when I did my pastoral care, um, right in that chapter, I had mm, four letters. So R. E-A-L. Real. Okay. But that's an acronym. It's not the word real. The acronym for my thinking, that's what work, would work best for the young people. Okay. So R for me is reaching out. Okay. We're reaching out to them and kind of, they, teenager, of course, they want to be on their own. Of course. But I don't want me to give up on them. I need to reach out to them. The first one. So R reaching out. Mm-hmm. Okay. E is educating. Okay. Even though they think 
they know everything. They know everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, teenagers. Yes, but they they do need a a teacher figure, someone to instruct them. Okay. Because even though they will act like they won't listen to you. They do bring it that to thinking and try to. Oh, understand. so even if they pretend like they're not listening, that's they're still right. absorbing something mm-hmm. somehow. That's okay. right. Hopefully, that's we have to pray more about that. Uh huh. Because a lot of things we don't agree anyway. But I think the responsibility is to have to teaching them, and keep your ground with that. Okay. So educating, but educating comes with a, is accompanying. Because. They, the lonely generation, with all oh, the technology, yes. everything, they really need someone to be there for them and accompany them. Their characteristic is to let them do on their own, but they know behind their back there is someone trusted enough to care for them and to help them anytime they, they would like to turn back or ask for advice or anything and keep checking on them. And here and there, walk with them. Yes. yes. Okay. So, A is accompanying, and then L is listening. Yes, of course. We hearing, but we not listening. We hear everything, but we don't take time to listen. So, to me, is listen with the body language, mm-hmm. listen between the lies, listen everything t- attentively. So, because they would not. Tell you everything, and they would not be able because they try to find themselves and try to express. Uh-huh. So to me, is listening, like building trust, and then wait for them and listen to them, and it's a it's a long process. Yes, but I think that's the very idealistic thinking. About oh no, from you, me. you got me. I, I mean, I've got a teenager, and I'm, I'm absorbing all of this right now. I'm like listening. Ooh, I got to work on that. Yes, <laughs> my teenager. <laughs> we we really fast in churching. Yes, of course. We hear something. We said, "Why did you do that? What's wrong with you?" Uh huh. But we didn't pay um, enough time to understand or to even ask. So can I? What can I help? Mm-hmm. Or can you tell me more? And then I will try to get to help you get through this. And maybe not talking too much. Just sometimes, it's just listen. It's enough. Yeah. So R E A L. R is for reaching out. Reaching out. E is for educating. Educating. Accompanying. Accompanying, and then listening. Listening. And that came to you while you were working on your thesis. And then I didn't know. How God's plans, like implanted into my mind during that time, uh-huh. and after my retreat, I know that my international years is up, almost finished. So I said, okay. So I need to think of what I should propose or request for my new ministry after the years finished. And I went to the archdiocese website to mm-hmm. search for different positions. Okay. And my thinking is still teaching, but maybe not too much about teaching music. I would do it if it's an, the only option. It's not like I'm bored or not didn't like it anymore, but I feel like I was called to do something else. Okay. So I said, if I can teach religion, the main part of for me is when I teach religion. 
Of course, there are structures, there are materials we need to cover. But main thing is I would love to extend God's love and mercy to children, especially to the young people, the youth and uh-huh. the high school. And who knows, maybe you can use your music somehow in your teaching like you did in Kenya when you used your music with PE. That's right. I, I believe with my be, uh, music background, I can incorporate it to anything. Oh, yeah. It, it's a gift. So I treasure it now more than much more than before. Whatever I do, I can still have music into it and make it, mm, I think, beautiful, I believe. So that's, I search more for religion teaching position. And that's what you found? I found two, but I'm still struggling. I'm still thinking. Oh. Uh, that's the religion for um, the school, Catholic school. Okay. And then I found another ministry that prepared the sacraments for uh, special needs kids. Okay. So I yes, said... Yes, we do need that. <laughs> yes. So I said, oh, I would love to do it. I would love to try. So I read and read and the requirements and everything. But one thing I didn't have is was the background for special needs education. So I said, maybe it's not the right time for me to do it yet. Okay. Because I, what if I had it? Maybe not. But I would give that opportunity for the person oh, who have some, more experience. Someone else who's more, who's better equipped That's to right. do that. That's okay. right. Because I could have gone back to school to take the classes, but uh-huh. it would take a long time to do it. So I left it one side and I said, I will come back to it. And one day when I read the description for special youth services for the pastoral minister, I said, that's it. That's the one. That's you knew that was the one. one for you. And there was no doubt. I said, even the qual- quali- qualification uh-huh. that I had almost there, yes. there's something that I didn't meet yet, but I need to work on it. But my heart just like pounding with joy because I found something that I was looking for, but I didn't know what I was looking for. Okay. And so you're just going through the website. You didn't really know what. And once no. you saw that, that was it. That's right. And I said, oh, maybe God's telling me something because, yeah. because I felt so much joy, even though I didn't know what's before me. Uh-huh. And the description is kind of, oh, you have to be in the probation and detention center and talking with you. And I had no experience with that before. But when I brought it back into prayer during the year of 2014, 15, when I was still in formation, learning to be a sister and in novitiate, I was already had that desire to volunteer in the detention center for youth. I went through all the training and read all the like thick um, folder of rules and regulations okay. and everything. But it didn't work out at the end for me to volunteer because Back then. I didn't have time. Uh, I think the time that they request didn't fit with my schedule. Okay. So I didn't do it. That wasn't the time. Yeah, but at now the is time. the time. And then now is the time. I said, God's, home, God's mysterious way. So can they over 
beyond my imagination or thinking. So I've been thankful. Where, so where is this going to be? It's uh, the office of the Spectral Youth Service. It's a chancery in okay. Hong Kong. But my main ministry place is in Harris County Detention Center. Okay. In, up in downtown Houston. That's cool. And also, there's uh, four more counties that I will visit from time to time in rotation. It's Galveston County, Fort Bend County, uh, Gulf Coast County, and Brazorias County. Okay. So, <laughs> so we will see a lot of you then. You'll be around. I'll be around traveling. <laughs> so is there any chance that you can come back and help with the kids like you did before? For is there the any plan of that? Or you um, haven't spoken with Father Dad at all about it? I'm not sure because the schedule is very different yes. from the regular schedule that I used to have. So we start the day is later, but we end the day is later too. Okay. Because so it all depends. You have to get used to your schedule first. And the visiting time is from 3.30 to 6.30 p.m. Oh, okay. They have to go to school. Oh, yes, that's right. And then after school, there's a time that that's I can come can to come visit in. them. Okay, so it's mm -hmm. a little different. That's a too different. Uh -huh. Okay, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see you around. <laughs> I hope so. And congratulations again on your perpetual profession of vows. You got it this time. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope to catch up with you again soon. And we wish you the best of luck in your, Thank uh, in you. your new position. Thank you very much. For Thank having you me. for being here. <laughs>